Hi everyone, it's Carter. A quick disclaimer before the episode. Riley and I are teachers in the real world. That's not made up for the show. But one thing we do make up are students. Riley and I take our roles as public community members seriously and would never use the real names or personal experiences of students in our classes, past or present. As such, any student names you hear us say are made up on the spot, and stories about our classes are highly editorialized for entertainment. Also, we like to keep our show clean of inappropriate language or content, but we feel that the stories themselves should be read without censorship of language. A content warning will be in the show's description in case we need one. That's it. Enjoy the Fable Fellas. Alright. Welcome everybody to the Fable Fellas. I am Carter. And I am Riley. And we have got a wonderful set show for you today. Prince is here. A prince is here, I'm sure. In the story. There will, maybe. Be, a, there will be a prince in the story. I was trying to do an SNL thing. Oh, like right. at the end of when they do their when they do their monologue and then they were they they introduce they say like there's a musical guest you know around oh, yeah, but, in the house but you the decided to I do that at the start Prince. you decided at the yeah. start of the thing Just right we got to skip right over that's correct that's forward we're uh, doing it live how how's life it's life, life in, the big in city nice in the big very nice in, yeah in the big <laughs> bustling urban center of Bothell. Mm-hmm. Just uh, uh, doing my best to survive until summer hits. That's great, man. Can I tell you a strategy I thought of to make my math lessons more interesting for me? By all means. Um. So, you know the premise of an exit ticket, right? Yeah. Student has to do one last minor activity in order to, quote-unquote, win the ability to leave class for the day. Something that mm-hmm. no teacher can actually enforce, but they don't know that. Right, and so the idea is it's you ask one one or two quick questions that they could be done in five minutes and turn them in, and it's a way for you to essentially assess if your class understood the lesson, right? You, you, generally, the question is something very keyed into the learning target. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started hiding secret messages on my exit tickets. And the first one, the first one was just like draw. I, I think on the very on the back on the flip side in really small font, I I wrote like draw an alien on this on the back of this paper. <laughs> now, and, how uh, did that tie into the lesson? Didn't awesome. Didn't at all. Yeah, uh, but I was just I was thinking about something to do, and I mean I had a question. Obviously, there was a question on the exit ticket, a math related question. They answered it. They turned it in. A couple people flipped the page over and drew me drew me an alien. So they, that was successful. So I showed everybody that, and they were like, what? And so then the next time they were super keyed in on, or clued in on what, that they were looking for something. So they're all flipping over the paper. Only on the next exit ticket, I had in the lightest, lightest font, like you know how you can change the color of font? I mm-hmm. made it the lightest gray possible, and I told them to draw something, I think like a smiley face or a sun or something. Um, Then I got really devious. So... After that, so the problem was, because exit tickets are essentially minor, like, like they're small assessments, I don't actually want, I realized that I, I, I made I made them too fun, because then they all started talking and giggling. Oh, and, can't have that. Yeah, and I was can't like, I actually, yeah, I actually need you to do this work on your own, and I don't understand, like, the problem with, the, the problem with fourth graders What's is that the deal they, with- 
The deal with fourth graders is that they cannot simply have the personal satisfaction of uncovering a secret and sitting with it. They have to be, like, looking around the room going, like, I got it, I got it, I got it, yep. did you find it, yeah, did you find it, I got it. <laughs> they need other people to know that they got the mm -hmm. secret. And some people are just, like, straight up saying wh what it is and where to find it. So, um, so one of the later ones I did, this is my favorite one so far, on the back of the exit ticket, after they did the math, because they immediately flip it over, on the back I put uh, a clip art image of a duck, like a rubber duckling, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I just had that up there. And I went around, only the other, what I had done also was, right as I switched, I had, a, I had a duplicate slide of my instructions for the exit ticket up, and right after I finished passing out the exit ticket, I very subtly changed my slide just a little bit, so it said, do the exit ticket, but at the very top, uh, on like the main screen in the room, it said, um, say nothing about the duck, ignore the duck, don't write on the duck, leave the duck alone. <laughs> and that was the exit ticket to just that was do not, that was the secret challenge of the exit the ticket. Yeah, basically, don't acknowledge this duck. And then I walked around as they were doing their math and flipping it over and looking at the duck and whispering to each other. And anybody who drew on it, mentioned it, whispered about it, or like pointed it out to their friends, I went around with a little stamp, little rubber stamp that I have because I have a collection of rubber stamps, mm -hmm. and I put a stamp on their paper. And I didn't say anything. But I was putting a stamp on their paper to remind me that they acknowledged the duck so they don't get a point. <laughs> and they were like, what? So they all start to think that the stamp is important, like they've done something correct. Mm -hmm. And so then I told them at the end, they were like, what was the deal with the duck? And I was like, uh, did anybody get it? I think I had, I had like two people who read the message and pointed it out on the board. And they were like, that's not fair. <laughs> They were so angry about it. It was hilarious. Uh, well, with any luck, those kids will hold on to a sense of patience and self-restraint, and years later, they'll forget it when they get into my class. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. I it was it was a I think it was a worthwhile lesson to teach them. Like sometimes, you just leave the duck alone. Yeah, sometimes you just leave the duck on the table. You don't yell. Just at leave it. it. Leave it alone, man. Don't acknowledge the duck. Do nothing to the duck. Ignore the duck. <laughs> anyway. You're training them to be really good at escape rooms one day with all this puzzle solving. <laughs> I have uh, I have a fun uh, segment I'd like to pilot. Ooh, a new segment. Yeah. This is a, this is a segment with an expiration date because there's not very many of these. But oh, cool. are you familiar with Aesop's Fables? Of course. Okay. So do you know you know how the deal with an Aesop's fable is it's a short story often about some animals, but then at the very end of an Aesop's fable is a pithy life lesson. Mm -hmm. The moral of the story is exactly. So this this segment is going to be called Aesop's Fable, fellas. <laughs> and what you need to I'm going to read you the Aesop's fable, and I'm going to stop right before the life lesson, and you are going to tell me what the life lesson is. Oh, okay. Because they weave it into the story. Like, they, they basically, it's the, it's the final line of the story is the life lesson. I'd so, like to think that I'll be good at this because we spend a lot of time talking about what the possible moral could be of some of the weird stuff we've read. But I know, I've been burned before on this podcast. <laughs> you also have to keep in mind that while these are normally familiar, familiar sayings, like these are, these are familiar sort of... Uh, pieces of advice. They're also kind of written in in an older version of English. Okay. 
You want, to, you want to start? I'll give you an option. Do you want to start with an easy one or a hard one? Uh, let's start with easy and work our way up. Okay, here we go. This one's called Hercules and the Wagoner. Okay. A wagoner was once driving a heavy load along a very muddy way. At last he came to a part of the road where the wheels sank halfway into the mire, and the more the horses pulled, the deeper sank the wheels. So the wagoner threw down his whip and knelt down and prayed to Hercules the Strong. Oh, Hercules, help me in my hour of distress, quoth he. But Hercules appeared to him and said, Tut, man, don't sprawl there. Get up and put your shoulder to the wheel. What do you think is the life lesson? I am going to say that it's along the lines of like something like God helps those who help themselves. Like you have to. You got something. it! Yay! You fully got it! Yay! Well done! That was awesome! I did it! Alright, let's do one more. Okay. So we can save some of these. I'm gonna give you a hard one now. Okay. And see if you can get it. This is called The Dog in the Shadow. Oh no. It happened that a dog had got a piece of meat and was carrying it home in his mouth to eat it in peace. Now, on his way home, he had to cross a plank lying across a running brook. As he crossed, he looked down and saw his own shadow reflected in the water beneath. Thinking it was another dog with another piece of meat, he made up his mind to have that also. So he made a snap at the shadow in the water. But as he opened his mouth, the piece of meat fell out, dropped into the water, and was never seen more. What do you think the life lesson is? That, Riley. That those that can't be satisfied with what they have will soon find themselves with nothing. Ooh, very close. Oh, one second. I got to give Jesse the keys to the car. Okay. <laughs> that are still in my pocket. Be right back. For those of you playing along at home, this is when Carter tries to find a way to say how wrong I was, even though I got it perfectly, so he can further lord over me how he is the brains of the operation. But I won't stand for it. Okay. Pick this back up here. Alright, say what you said again. That those who cannot be content with what they have will soon find themselves with nothing. Hmm. You said pretty much the same message, but without any of the words. Okay. What were here's the words? The, here, here's the words. Beware lest you... Jesus. Alright. Beware lest you lose the substance by grasping at the shadow. I think I got it. I think you I got, got it. one. Well done. I think you're two for two in um, Aesop's Fable. Yeah. Fellas. Oh, I just oh, realized gosh. that my dab of my victory dab doesn't translate to audio. <laughs> Can't see a dab. Can't see. Sorry. A dab. All right. You can only feel a dab. So this is episode twenty. Wow. I think that deserves a well-known story. I think so. I think we've you been think? good. Yeah, I think we should read what the 1930s thought about rapunzel Ooh, what do you think of that i think i am ready okay i had it and i can't find it anymore uh-oh <laughs> can't even find <laughs> it on the where it's not where is it even on the uh table of contents here what happened we did it <laughs> it was right before the bremontown musicians there it is yeah 146 the picture of professionalism ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Well, I moved from the page because I uh, I went to the fables, and then they're all in the back. Mm. All right. I got the fables this in the back. is a William and Jacob Grimm tale called Rapunzel. 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 <laughs> there once lived a man and his wife. 
who had long wished for a child, but in vain. Now there was at the back of their house a little window which overlooked a beautiful garden full of the finest vegetables and flowers, but there was a high wall all round it, and no one ventured into it, for it belonged to a witch of great might, and of whom all the world was afraid. That's that's a terrible shame. Yeah. Why is it that all the nicest gardens belong to all the cruelest witches? Have you noticed this? I have noticed this, yeah. And why are they always so mean about sharing their splendor with the rest of us? I had a neighbor, I think this is this is the case, there was a neighbor, uh, not my neighbor, a friend but who lived nearby, had a neighbor who would put all the balls that they kicked into their yard, like, up in their window, so that the, they could see the balls, and she kept them like a trophy case. Now, <laughs> whenever I hear stories like that, I'm wondering, okay, what... What Disney Channel episode are you trying to emulate here? What Nickelodeon grump are you trying to be? Because this is comedically, like, jerky. It's really annoying. Yeah, it's like, okay, sorry. We grew up with really cool neighbors. We just hopped the fence and they didn't, they didn't care. Yeah, so did I. we jump over there. I mean, aside from the neighbor that had two little dogs that ran after me and bit me constantly, but that's neither here nor there. Well, that was just, I mean, that's kind of fun, though. That's kind of part of jumping the <laughs> yeah, fence for to them. your ball back is like, I got to dodge the dogs. Yeah, the, the, old, you know? the old Sandlot routine. Mm-hmm. Chopper. <clears throat> Let's see. Right, it belonged to a witch. No one went in the garden. The king and queen wished for a child. They wanted a child. Now, here's Actually, the they're question. Just a ma- they're just a man and wife. They're not king and queen. Oh, okay. Now, here's the question. If they were Where... king and queen, they'd mess with that witch. They'd be like, witch, get gone. Get gone. I'm the king. I'm the king. Stop. Stop growing all the vegetables. My question is, did they just wish for the kid? Because they should know that that's not enough. It's missing a main step. There's a huge, yeah, there there is a massive mechanical (laughs) uh, step to take. One day, the wife was standing at the window and looking into the garden. She saw a bed filled with the finest rampion. Do you know what that means? Some sort of vegetable, I believe. You are correct. It's a it's a vegetable like a radish, says the footnote in the story. All right. It looked so fresh and green that she began to wish for some, and at length she longed for it greatly. So now they got two wishes. Yeah, a, do- a child <laughs> and a rutabaga. <laughs> they want both. This went on for days, and as she knew she could not get the rampion, she pined away and grew pale and miserable. Then the man was uneasy and asked, What is the matter, dear wife? Oh, answered she, I shall die unless I can have some of that rampion to eat that grows in the garden at the back of our house. I don't think this is about the rampion. I think this is an underlying Mm. symptom of a greater problem. Do you think <laughs> this is just this is this is all metaphorical rampion? Yeah, the, the, this rampion now represents the fact that that her life is not what she thought it would be, and the rampion represents all the things she wished that her life would be at this stage. Or alternatively, <laughs> she is pregnant, and this is her pregnancy urges. That's true. Oh, this is a good man. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know how like in movies it's always like a cliche in a movie or tv show like if there if a woman throws up she's pregnant mm-hmm. right like, when you see that maybe in like in old st- old old fairy tales if a woman craves turnips <laughs> <laughs> that was like a sign that was like 
like a low key hint. Like you file that one right alongside if someone coughs into a handkerchief and there's blood that they're not making it to the end credits. Exactly. Yes. So there's there's yeah. Lady throws up. She's pregnant. Guy always coughs in a napkin of blood, so he's <laughs> he's gonna die. Uh, my a terrible favorite, sickness. <laughs> my favorite iteration of that. Um, that trope is how uh, in Pacific Rim they already have so many shoe shots because Guillermo del Toro likes showing people fanciful shoes. But in that scene where it shows that Idris Elba's character is dying, he doesn't like cough into a handkerchief. He coughs and then a blood droplet lands on his bespoke shoes. I'm like, all right, Guillermo, start mixing your tropes. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a list. It's probably very short of like anyone who's ever. It's getting kind of blue for our show, but anyone who's ever in a movie coughed out blood who has lived, <laughs> has then lived. Well, we could, it's got to be a short list. Yeah, if we go to the TV tropes page and find the subversions list, it's not mm. very long, but I'm sure it's probably there. That that it's page is uh, very thorough. Okay. So she's telling her husband that, uh, man, this garden grows in the back of their house. That's so that sucks. Like, that should be their garden. You'd think that'd be part of their property. Yeah, no kidding. So and the so man close who, to get so far. So close. She just reach out and take it. The man who loved her very much thought to himself, as all husbands do from time to time, rather than lose my wife, I will get some rampion. Cost what it will. <laughs> We've all been there. Am I right, fellas? Everyone's been there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, the missus is just having one of her rampion days, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So in the twilight, he climbed over the wall into the witch's garden, plucked hastily a handful of rampion, and brought it to his wife. She made a salad of it at once, and ate of it to her heart's content. But she liked it so much, and it tasted so good, that the next day she longed for it thrice as much as she had done before. That's a lot of salad. That's so much salad. I want three salads today. (laughs) I want these. But my dear, it can't be done. (laughs) If she was to have any rest, the man must climb over the wall once more. So he went in the twilight again, and as he was climbing back, he saw, all at once, the witch standing before him, and was terribly frightened. As she cried with angry eyes, How dare you climb into my garden like a thief and steal my rampion? It shall be the worse for you. She, I imagine she's pointing with like a long crooked finger. Yeah, an extremely long crooked finger. Also, super long finger. It, is this the first? But tur- turns out it's just a carrot. <laughs> is this the first supportive husband we have seen in 20 oh, episodes of the Fable Fellas? This is a great question. Let's see. Okay, we've got the one from the Mr. Mom archetype who definitely was not. That man was dead by the end of the story. Nope, the husband who the was to mind the house, bad husband. For uh, sure. The guy that didn't call his wife by her name, Mally, in our very first episode definitely yep. doesn't make the cut. Bad husband. Even Mr. Miyaka's wife, uh, I mean, bad husband still. Mr. Yeah. Miyaka was, Child was not good. By default, Child. not good. Yeah. Uh... I think, do we read Jack and the Beanstalk? I think we have. Still not a good husband. Yeah, well, there, I think there this was may no, because he died. First. So by default, can't be a good husband if you're not there. I think we have our first supportive husband. All right. This is a milestone day for the Fable fellas. We did it. Oh, answered he, be merciful rather than <laughs> oh. just. I have only done it through the necessity. 
necessity. For my wife saw your rampion out of the window and became possessed with so great a longing that she would have died if she could not have had some to eat. And the witch said, all right, fair. The end. <laughs> the witch said, if it is all as you say, you may have as much rampion as you like on one condition. The child will come into the world. Oh, the child that will come into the world must be given to me. It shall go well with the child, and I will care for it like a mother. Oh, the age-old question. What do I pick? The Rampion or my firstborn? I... They have not said that she's pregnant. Maybe we really... Maybe that is really what we were meant to pick up on. Yeah, I think the... Yeah. And I because also the man's think not the even witch, surprised The witch about would just this. know. The witch would know. Yeah. Well, the man must know, too, because I would say, like, I would say next to the witch, if I was this man, like, what child? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you don't understand the Rampian secrets? Oh, you don't know? You see when a man and a woman love Rampian very much. <laughs> In his distress of mind, the man promised everything. And when the time came when the child was born, the witch appeared and giving the child the name of Rapunzel, parentheses, which is the same as Rampion. Is it? What? Is what? it? <laughs> okay. It's the same. So, so Rapunzel, Rapunzel is named after radishes? Rampion, this is Rampion, new, this is new learning. This, I love that. <laughs> she took it away with her. Rapunzel... We should just call her Radish for a ra yeah. Rampion. For the Rapun ra ra a Rampion was the most beautiful child in the world. When she was 12 years old, the witch shut her up in a tower in the midst of a wood, and it had neither steps nor door, only a small window above. When the witch wished to be let in, she would stand below and would cry, Rapunzel, Rampion, let down your hair. Rapunzel had beautiful long hair that shone like gold. When she heard the voice of the witch, she would undo the fastening of the upper window, unbind the plates of her hair, and let it down twenty ells below, and the witch would climb up by it. Which, they've never, never has it ever seemed very painful in any retelling of this story. Yeah. But you try climbing somebody's hair. I bet you a hundred dollars they'll ask you to stop. There, there should be... <laughs> Every time that a character climbs Rapunzel's hair in one of these stories, we should have at least a page and a half of ow, 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 yeah. ow. It, it should, yeah, it should always say, like, and much to Rapunzel's chagrin. <laughs> she let her hair down, and bracing herself against the window and putting a leather belt between her teeth. <laughs> and tying a spool of hair around the bedpost so it would catch there first, if someone exactly. fell. She's got, she needs more, um... There needs more realism in these stories. Yeah. Um, after they had lived thus a few years, it happened that the king's son was riding through the wood. He came to the tower, and as he drew near, he heard a voice singing... Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Prince. <laughs> he heard a voice singing so sweetly that he stood still and listened. It was Rapunzel, in her loneliness, trying to pass away the time with sweet songs. I'm Rapunzel, I sit in a tower, I was named after a radish, because my mom was hungry. <laughs> That's not what it says. I, <laughs> you had me going for a second. 
I'm just trying to imagine the song she's singing. Do you want to take a crack at the song she might be singing? There's no lyrics. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's for the, the that's for the yes and that you dealt me last time, Mr. <laughs> no. No, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Not so fun when the shoe's on the other foot, is it? <laughs> that's fine. Uh, the king's son wished to go into her. Mm? <laughs> we might have to cut that that take. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That's what it says, though. Good night, everybody. <laughs> it's totally innocent. It's an innocent line, but I think we, I think we can't include it no, because no. of it. We gotta let it I walk. Cracked up so hard about it. We gotta, we gotta let it walk. Let's just do another take, just in case. Okay. In case I decide to... <sighs> the king's son wished to go into her and Ooh. sought to find her. A... <laughs> 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 okay. Okay, you've been talking about coughing up Oh, no. Oh, no. This one gets racy. <laughs> Are you still with me? The king's son wished to go into her and sought to find a door in the tower, but there was none. So he rode home. The end. <laughs> That's also very good. <laughs> so he rode home. <laughs> you know, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes there's no door on the tower. You don't want to inconvenience the long hair lady. But the song had entered into his heart, and every day he went into the wood and listened to it. My name is Rapunzel, I'm locked in a tower. The witch grew her garden way too close to my parents' house. All around the Once world! Once as he was... <laughs> what? What? What was that? All around the world! <laughs> Statues crumble for me! <laughs> Once Just as a big fan of Sugar Ray. <laughs> That's the only album she's got. Yeah, she's got one album she's been listening to on repeat for 16 years. <laughs> Once as he was standing there under a tree, he saw the witch come up and listened while she called out, Oh, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Wow, this then guy sounds... He saw... Oh, wait, the witch, okay. That was the witch. I thought that was him. It's like, <laughs> that was the witch. Ah, this kid's sick. <laughs> Someone help this poor, frail child. Then he saw how Rapunzel let down her long tresses and how the witch climbed up by it and heard Rapunzel's soft cries of pain and went to <laughs> her and said to himself, <laughs> since, all right, this is, a, this is a princely voice here. Since that is the ladder, I will climb it and seek my fortune. All right. And the next day, as soon as it began to grow dusk, he went to the tower and cried, Oh, Rapunzel, Rapunzel! Let down your hair. And she let down her hair. Now, and the king's son climbed up by it. Now, this is the part that always struck me as kind of odd about this story. She's already getting her year, hair yanked on on a regular basis by mm -hmm. the witch coming to visit. And then this rando comes out of the woods. And there should at least be a couple of lines of, Now, see here, bub. I already have someone <laughs> yanking on my magnificent locks every day. Why should I double up for you? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Also, who are you? Yeah, who also, are you? Also, what are you? I've only ever seen one other person. 
You look very different from What are you, some kind image. of other person? <laughs> this can't be right. I only know about three things. The witch, the tower, the wardrobe, and, the, and, and, and Sugar Hill, and Sugar, Sugar Ray. Ray. <laughs> uh, all right. Rapunzel was... Oh, okay. Okay, we are not quite, quite off base here. Rapunzel was greatly terrified when she saw that a man had come into her. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Rapunzel was greatly terrified when she saw that a man had come into her, for she had never seen one before. But the king's son began speaking so kindly to her. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? What? I don't know you! That's my purse! But the king's <laughs> son began speaking so kindly to her and told her how her singing had entered into his heart so that he could have no peace until he had seen her herself. Then Rapunzel forgot her terror, and when he asked her to take him for her husband and she saw that he was young and beautiful, she thought to herself, What's a husband? <laughs> what is a husband? I don't know. What is... What? They don't... Sugar Ray doesn't talk about this. <laughs> I certainly like him much better than old mother Gothel. Oh. Rude. The witch has a name. Yeah. That's cool. Does the, has the witch always had a name in the other stories? I've never heard a name for the witch before. I I mean, it was definitely her name entangled. Oh, it was Gothel? Gothel? Gothel, yeah. Gothel. It does sound like a like an old school fairy tale name of a bad person, huh? Mm-hmm. Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel in... And she put, she put her hand into his hand, saying, I would willingly go with thee, but I do not know how I shall get out. When thou comest, bring each time a silken rope, and I will make a ladder. And when it is quite ready, I will get down by it and out of the tower, and thou shalt take me away on thy horse. She's got a plan. Because Lord knows I'm not doing all the work. Yeah, my goodness. I gotta stay up in the tower. My roots are already screaming in agony every day. I... I can't climb down my own hair, you selfish prince. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You got hair? It's not very long. Didn't think so. Shut up. But until you return, I'll sing you this one last dulcet tone. Every morning when I wake up and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, your songs enter my heart, Rapunzel. <laughs> uh, they agreed that he should come to her every evening as the old woman came in the daytime. So the witch knew nothing of all this until once Rapunzel said to her unwittingly, Mother Gothel, how is it that you climb up here so slowly, and the king's son is with me in a moment? Mm, smooth, Rapunzel. Great job. Rapunzel, what are you doing? What do you mean? What are you doing? Come on. Wow, game is up. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wicked child, cried the witch. What is this I hear? I thought I had hidden thee from all the world, and thou hast betrayed me? In her anger, she seized Rapunzel by her beautiful hair, struck her several times with her left hand. Oh, no. Rude. rude. And then, grasping a pair of shears in her right, snip, snap, the beautiful locks lay on the ground. And she was so hard-hearted that she took Rapunzel and put her in a waste and desert place where she lived in great woe and misery. And Rapunzel looked at all the hair she no longer had to deal with and thought, there are worse things that could have happened to me, I think. I don't remember this part entangled. 
The same day on which she took Rapunzel away, she went back to the tower in the evening and made fast the severed locks of hair to the window hasp. And the king's son came and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Then she let the hair down, and the king's son climbed up. But instead of his dearest Rapunzel, he found the witch looking at him with wicked, glittering eyes. Oh no. Aha! She cried she, mocking him. You came for your darling, but the sweet bird sits no longer in the nest and sings no more. The cat has got her and will scratch out your eyes as well. Rapunzel is lost to you and you will see her no more. She's still holding the carriage. (laughs) The king's son was beside himself with grief and in his agony he sprang from the tower. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Is it really? No. Okay. <laughs> he escaped with his life, but the thorns on which he fell put out his eyes. Oh yeah, that based on how into the woods goes, that is how it happens. Mm. Then he wandered blind through the wood, eating nothing but roots and berries and his eyes. And his Indeed. eyes? No, I don't. Why would I'm he do that? I'm just getting full of it you, now. You're just being silly. I'm being silly now. This one's really this one's really uh, wound me up. Yeah, clearly. Doing nothing uh, but lamenting and weeping for the loss of his dearest wife. Not your wife yet, bro. My wife. Slow down. So he wandered several years in misery until at last he came to the desert place where Rapunzel lived with her twin children that she had born. Wow, that's fortunate. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> that he wandered into where she was, not the twin yeah. children. It's probably um, unfortunate for Rapunzel having to raise them all alone with no yeah, help, right. I assume. Yeah, no help. And also, I mean, I don't know if how how much of a, a teacher the witch was. I imagine. What that, what were they doing? I guess you got to learn a couple things from the witch. So she probably understood what was happening. She didn't even know what men were, I don't think. <laughs> She was terrified that a man had come yeah. for her. Um, but, you know, she's got books probably or something. It doesn't matter. Mm. You're probably right At about first... that content warning on this episode. <laughs> At first he heard a voice that he thought he knew. And when he reached the place from which it seemed to come, Rapunzel knew him and fell on his neck and wept. And when her tears touched his eyes, they became clear again. And he could see with them as well as ever. Neat. Then he took her to his kingdom, where he was received with great joy. And there they lived long and happily. The end. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Wow. Maybe we should just go ahead and take this episode and vault it. No, I refuse. (laughs) Just do another one we, real fast. We did a great. And this one. We did a great job with this episode. We <laughs> dealt with the material as well as anyone could. Yeah, nobody could get past that line. <laughs> yeah, no one. How dare you? We are professionals, sir. You would have been angry if we hadn't laughed at that line, general audience. General audience. General audience. You'd have been like, "How dare they walk right by?" <laughs> I think that. Rapunzel is a very interesting story because I don't think a good thematic byline existed in the story until Tangled came along about how Mm. you need to be able to live your life for yourself and you can't let other people dictate the direction in which you go. Like, the whole thing was about Rapunzel kind of 
choosing to go along with Flynn and find her dreams. Mother Gothel is supposed to be this overbearing, controlling mother figure. And every other earlier iteration of the story, I haven't seen that much thematic work in it other than there's a princess in a tower. She got long hair. Yeah, there's really no... There's no lesson in this one because it's like there's not like a don't, you know, listen to your elders lesson. Really, there's like a don't listen to your elders lesson. Yeah, and a don't steal the Rampion lesson. Yeah, don't steal the Rampion. Don't. But that's like that's not even involving the major characters of the story as well. The nobody learns a lesson in this. Nobody there's it it is straight straight up and down just a fairy tale. Mm hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... There is nothing wrong with that. As one of the three objectives of every single story that we read, one of them is to decide upon the thematics, and the thematics aren't really there. That's right. I'm glad the story survives, because new generations were able to make something out of it, like with Tangled, but up until then, just kind of a fairy tale, and that's it. Yeah, and it makes sense as this one to survive because, I mean, there's a lot of good imagery in it. You got climbing the hair, that's crazy good action. Mm-hmm. You've got a mysterious tower in the woods. You got a weird That's garden. very cool. Yeah, you got the scary witch. I don't I don't know necessarily any of this, uh, the Rampion business. Yeah. Um, scary witch had a but, really good evil monologue at the, at the prince. True. That is true. That is true. The sweet bird sits no longer in the nest and sings no more. That's what she said. Yeah. Spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> the prince is like, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking for a bird. I'm looking for my wife. What are you talking I'm about? For my wife Rapunzel. Do you know You sound crazy. <laughs> you sound so crazy. You sound so crazy right now. <laughs> I'm like she's not who are you talking about? Yeah, what are you doing here? You weirdo? Why do you have Rapunzel's hair talking about a bird? You're strange. Anyway, bye. You're so weird. Bye. I'm dives out, out here. the window. Ah! <laughs> you know what that's the vibe i want i want a fairy tale where the main character is constantly beset by danger that he refuses to take seriously for a second agreed there i mean that feels like so many that feels like the exact kind of humor that a, that a disney movie coming out right now would strike at yeah it'd be like all of like here's all the scary fairy tale tropes, but the main character's like lum de dum de da de da. Yep, and it's like woo millennial humor, Gen Z humor, woo zoomer humor, slay. <laughs> yes, queens. <laughs> I don't think Gen Z says that. They say it all the time. <laughs> they don't. They don't say good morning, Mister Fraser, to me anymore. They say yes, queen slay. <laughs> and I think that's just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love. Them. Uh, all right. I think you recommended a book last time. I did. So I'm gonna recommend a book this time. Uh, the book I'm going to recommend. I'm just looking at it on my shelf. I'm gonna recommend um a very old book called Last Chance to See by Douglas Adams. Ooh. Douglas Adams wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, but he wrote a piece of nonfiction, a book of nonfiction called Last Chance to See, which is about him and a nature documentarian going out and just attempting to look upon very endangered, critically endangered animals. And it's essentially a series of short, short essays, like short story essays, but it's written with that great Douglas Adams uh, wit and witticisms. And also it's kind of like a plea 
to help stop the uh, mass destruction of the uh, many many ecosystems out there. So it's it's very fun, but it's also got a it's got a message, hmm. and it's a great book. It did take you like two afternoons to get through. It's not that long either. That does sound nice. Great, great book. One of my favorite books of all time, actually, I will say. And there it is, sitting on my shelf. One of your favorites. I did not know that. Absolutely one of my favorites. Now that I think about it, probably the best nonfiction, almost a biography, but not really. Best nonfiction book I've ever read. All right, I'll move that <laughs> to my list then. If you liked our story, and... <laughs> Who wouldn't? If, if, if you were able to... If you were able to stick with us through that story... Go ahead and give us a uh, review on Spotify. Tell somebody else about uh, our show, but maybe not this episode. And but Carter, what if I don't have Spotify? If you don't have Spotify, you can also find us on Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts. And if you have a different podcatcher, why? Yeah, you don't why need do anyone else other than those three. What are you doing? Like, you listen to this on Stitcher? <laughs> yeah, Stitcher what, you're anymore? using Podbean? Like some Podbean? kind of Cro-Magnon? <laughs> We're not on those. Uh, we're not on those platforms. And if we so, ever are, we uh, are so sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Well, I've been Carter. I'm still Riley. Keep it video. Keep it video.